My name is Pedro Mujabafid, and we at TMC aim to discuss and inform students regarding topics which aren't covered well in medical school. This interview series is aimed at answering the questions that medical students, interns, and doctors-to-be have regarding the various career pathways for medical graduates. Now, the views and opinions expressed here are purely personal and are not reflective or representative of the stance of any employer, college, medical service, endorsement, or other person. All right, let's start the show. Hey everyone, today we're discussing the general medicine specialty with Dr. Piyumi Wijesundere, who is a general medicine registrar. Hey Piyumi, thanks for joining us. Hi Pedro, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, the first question we have is, when did you decide to do general medicine? Um, okay, um, so by the end of my internship, um, I knew that I didn't want to do surgery or GP training. Um, so I decided to get into basic uh, training in general medicine. Um, so I started in my second year, so um, uh, HMO2 after internship. Yeah. Yeah, and what pushed you towards general medicine? Were you, did you have something in mind uh, after general medicine or was it actual general medicine that interested you? Okay, um, so just generally, I just like knowing a lot about different specialties um, and general medicine covers a wide range of aspects in our body. So it's not focused on one particular part of the body, it's everything. And in a way, it's more like a um, more like being a specialist in a general practice. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of solving undifferentiated presentations, and also being a specialist um, in people who have multiple chronic medical conditions, uh, which needs a, a lot of knowledge and um, uh, management. So that's what got me interested in uh, general medicine. And what kind of medical student were you in your formative years? Were you the type to, I guess, really enjoy being on the wards and doing things like that? Were you quite studious or were you more of a hands-on person? Yeah. Um, so I must say, I was, I was never very good at procedures. Uh, so that made me um, uninterested in surgery at the very beginning. Um, so I was always someone who loved spending time talking to patients and also following them up. So I wanted something that I could um, um, see a patient regularly and be part of their care for their, throughout their life. Um, and when I was a medical student, I spent a lot of time in the wards speaking to different patients, um, examining them as well. But I must say most of my clinical skills um, I built up during internship and during my physician training. Yeah, in terms of uh, becoming a good doctor, so at the moment there's a lot of different pathways into medicine. There's undergraduate, postgraduate. A lot of people have done different types of degrees, BMed size mm. or MBAs and things like that. A lot of research. How much does that play into becoming a good doctor and also progressing your career? Mm. Well, that's a good question. I I feel that um, by doing medicine as a postgrad, um, you're already um, so strong in one area, which and you're also a professional in some field that you will definitely bring into when you start um, being a doctor in a hospital. Um, I've met many uh, physiotherapists, nurses, dentists uh, who are now doing medicine and 
the 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 skills they have are enormous and they really help a patient very much and the way they look treat a patient is quite very professional as well um, and they they have they already have the ability to deal with um, complex patients so I think it's a very good thing if you're coming from a postgrad background um, people always ask uh, sometimes whether for example going into surgical training or or other training programs where it's very difficult to get in that they have to try multiple times whether they're wasting their years well from my experience I can only talk about basic physician training at the moment there's still not a big competition to get into physician training so most people do get in the very first time they apply um, it's the exam that comes three years after the training program that is a very difficult exam um, but um, with good practice and learning you can pass the exam so getting into the program is easy uh, the exam is challenging but once you're through the exam there are no more exams and you just need to apply for a specialty that you like so if you're looking at a career where you don't want to spend many years trying to apply to get into a program then basic physician training would be the next best option after GP and psychiatry. Great. Yeah. And I guess in terms of research, how much does research play into uh, progressing your career or getting a job? Yeah, so that's a very good question. I mean, um, research, it's it's always useful. It'll um, Most people start doing some research in the HMO two or three years. Um, what happens to most people are when they're in a training program uh, in basic physician training we are all focused on getting through the written and the clinical exam which um, takes a lot of time studying and also seeing patients but if you've done research in your HMO 2 year for example that uh, in a specialty that you like then it will really help you put you in a um, forward step compared to other people when you apply for jobs soon after the clinical exam because you apply for jobs um, pretty much straight after you get your results and most people then start worrying that they haven't done any research because they've been studying so I would certainly encourage taking up research early soon after internship no matter which field you go into. And what about so a lot of medical students are stressed about research in just in medical school and if uh, they are under the impression that if you haven't done research that precludes you from getting into certain hospitals or certain uh, certain I guess uh, specialties and whatnot do you mm. see that to be the case or do you think it's not well, so much mm, when I was an intern well that was uh, five years ago when I applied I think that was the time when postgrad um, that was the first year that the postgrad students were applying for internship so there was a huge competition to get into hospitals and um, I think now it's becoming even more competitive um, so I mean I don't have any uh, recent experiences but I think as medical students now they have a lot of pressure to do research because to get into internship is difficult and if you want to get into a tertiary center a metropolitan hospital then 
anything that looks good on your CV will will be good. So I would th- I would say you probably should think about researching your medical student years as well. Yeah, that makes sense. And also on your point about uh, postgraduate students having other skill sets, I think that's definitely true. But I think at the end of the day, as doctors, it's only a matter of time before we're all proficient in, well, we should all be proficient in all fields no matter what. Yes. So mm. it's it's good to come into uh, medical school and come into a career with, uh, with Absolutely. those skills. Yeah. 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 Make sure to keep in touch with us through social media. Our handle is at the med collab, that's T-H-E-M-E-D-C-O-L-L-A-B, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our podcast for our weekly release. Now back to the show. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your journey and what it's taken for you to get here and what the next steps for you are? Mm-hmm. Um, so just uh, so that everyone understands the general medicine program um, it's divided into two sections so basic physician training and advanced physician training so all together it's a six-year program Um, the basic physician training year includes three years of different general uh, different specialty medicine Um, so you get rotations in cardiology respiratory renal id oncology neurology hematology everything Um, so that's three years of a wide variety of exposure where it helps you decide which specialty you want to get into Um, by the end of that third year you will sit the written and clinical exam And soon after you finish the clinical exam in uh, July, you start applying for a specialty in August. So people apply for specialties uh, in whatever field they like. And some people decide to do general medicine as an advanced training career. Um, So for me, what it's taken so far, because I got into basic physician training soon after my internship, um, it's um, it's been a really interesting experience for me. I was fortunate to do multiple different specialties, including renal, cardiology, respiratory, uh, neurology, um, and oncology. And it helped me decide which specialties that I I really am interested in and which ones I don't want to do. So, um, so far, I feel like my clinical skills, especially examination skills, um, I've improved a lot uh, because that's what we get assessed uh, at our clinical exam and also dealing with really complex patients who have multiple chronic conditions, people who have had transplant and who have had multiple immunosuppression related side effects, um, how, how one would follow them up after a transplant. Um, these kind of things make me really interested in medicine and I, I feel it's very rewarding as well. So you are currently at the end of your BPT and you're about to step into your uh, advanced physical tra- uh, physician training. So wh- what are you looking to do at the moment? Yeah, so um, uh, most people are thinking about dual training these days. And the main reason is that uh, if you just did advanced training in general medicine, the 
job opportunities for in public hospital for a gen med consultant is very uh, very minimal these days so if you have another specialty with general medicine then you have higher chance of getting into a public hospital as a consultant by the end of your uh, advanced training so when i say dual training um, people do general medicine and endo general medicine and respiratory um, and it will add an extra year for your advanced training so basically if um, for me I'm, I'm thinking about endocrinology um, so what I will do is I will I will do I will start my advanced training in general medicine next year but during that year I will do endocrinology research and I'll also apply for endocrinology in the middle of the year so that I will have to do an extra year in my program but at the end I will have the endocrinology and general medicine um, specialties and what's pushed you towards endocrine? Okay. Um, well, I must say um, I'm still um, not a hundred percent sure if and if it is endo that I want to do. That's why I am doing research first, and I've asked for endocrinology rotation next year. It's mainly I think the lifestyle for a female is pretty good for endocrinology, um, and um, there's lots of. Um, um, the outpatient management of things apart from diabetes is quite it intrigues me as well and um, so I am thinking about it um, but I also like neurology so endocrinology and neurology are my um, favorite specialties which I will uh, do research on um, of course I would first preference endocrinology but um, I would also try and apply for neurology yeah you've already alluded to this already yeah but how competitive would you say if, uh, basic physicians training is and uh, I guess also in a sense advanced physician training yeah and what's the time frame for someone to get into those at the moment yeah. so you yourself said you got in quite quickly but yeah. how about for uh, for a lot of students who yes. won't be in that position for another say so, five to ten years yes, um, do you expect that to change mm, I think uh, at the moment as far as I know, everyone who wants to get into physician training is getting in. I'm talking about people who are in BPT first year now. So they've applied and they all got in. So I think at the moment it's not as competitive as the other fields. Um, I'm not 100% sure how it will be in the next few years. Um, yes. Okay, sure. Uh, what does your typical day involve? Okay, so my typical day involves um, so morning ward rounds, um, either by myself with the resident or with the consultant. So initially we had to, um, consultants coming in twice a week, but now that's changed to daily consultant ward rounds. Um, so following my ward round, I would um, uh, usually my afternoons uh, I, I see referrals, so surgical referrals, perioperative management, um, and I also go to med calls. Um, and sometimes I have to go to outpatients. So that's my uh, normal day. Um, it uh, it can vary. It can get really busy, uh, but it is. Um, it makes you think. It, it makes me. I think it's a very intellectually stimulating job. Um, which I like, yeah. You've touched on this already, but what would you say is the most rewarding part about being a general physician? 
Um, yes. Um, so I think the most rewarding part is when someone doesn't know what to do and you can step in and sort of have a bigger picture of the person and you can see where this patient is heading, not just now, but in five to ten years' time, what's going to um, what's the biggest mortality risk factor for them? What can I fix, and uh, what can I improve to do? What can I do to improve their quality of life? I think sometimes G- general GPs can struggle uh, with that, and they really need to be a specialist who can um, identify the complications of different chronic conditions and manage what's important to the patient Um, so and that can really significantly improve their quality of life so I find the outpatient management is rewarding for me Um, in ward rounds are most patients that we see are from nursing homes with um, recurrent pneumonias and COPDs and it can get a little bit uh, boring after a while when you when that's the only thing that you mostly you see, um, but then you get all the interesting um, things where you uh, younger people coming in with unexplained symptoms that yeah, make you think about other causes. So um, I like that um, predictability and the. Um, uh, the variety, mm-hmm. yeah. And you're really looking at patients from a holistic perspective as opposed to, say, for example, if they're a surgical patient where you're kind of focused on the one issue that they have. Yes, absolutely, that's yeah. true, yeah. Uh, uh, conversely, what aspect of the job do you find the most difficult to deal with or what you struggle with the most? Yeah, so um, I struggle sometimes when the number of patients um, exceed, say, 30, um, because there's only one general medicine registrar for my unit when it gets over 30 patients and I cover all the med calls and cover consults and referrals, um, it can get really uh, tiring. Um, so in so we try our best not to let that happen but sometimes it does and you can't really do much about it and um, you just have to do your best and also share and delegate jobs as well yeah yeah so you must be really good you must have to get really good at delegating these jobs whatever the resident and the intern can do they have to do that job and then leave all the stuff that only a registrar can do to the registrar that's very true um so when interns start their first general medicine rotation, um, I'm always, if I am the registrar in their first rotation, I'm always very careful. I will go through the patient's um, list at least twice a day run uh, because as an intern, it can be, the, the workload can be quite hectic. Uh, and some people actually um, lose their interest in general medicine after their first rotation in internship because the number of discharge summaries you have to do, number of blood tests, number of family members that you might have to speak to, procedures, uh, including cannulas, catheters. So it can get really difficult for some interns. And I've had to sit down and speak to some of the interns who um, who really didn't enjoy their rotation and um, so in those kind of situations you have to step in and see what's going wrong it might be um, either the registrar's not helping enough or the interns not coping um, so just be aware that 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 is not just um, the intern experience of general medicine is actually not the whole thing and you learn it is so much more when you 
get into the program and you become a registrar and you make decisions. Of course. Yeah. Do you uh, find it difficult to deal with the fact that a lot of these patients who come in aren't curable and you're essentially only managing them? And a lot of the times, unfortunately, when you've managed them and they go into the community, they're back in a few days' time. Mm. Is that, I guess, is it, does that become frustrating or is that something that it's just part of the job? Or? Yeah, so I, I, I agree with that. It can get frustrating, especially especially high-level care nursing home patients who come back and forth with pneumonia, COPD, CCF. I do find that sometimes I don't even need to think. I just do it because I've done it so many times and that doesn't really make me love my job. But what makes me more interesting is the um, outpatients. When when you review, say, a 50-year-old lady who has had... um, multiple chronic conditions including diabetes, heart problems, maybe a transplant um, and now they develop multiple side effects of or complications of their illness and you can um, do something to change the way they're going. So if for someone someone has a metabolic syndrome and they're obese and all their other medical conditions are a result of their obesity, someone needs to do something about it so if that patient just comes into the ward with pneumonia and you ignore that that patient's just going to come back and forth they don't have a quality of life so if you can step in and break that vicious cycle um i think that's really rewarding yeah so once again it's about the holistic care of the patient yeah Yeah. how much of your job is split between inpatients and outpatients Okay, um, so during our basic physician training, we actually don't get much outpatient exposure. Um, it's only now that I'm done with my exams and I'm in my second half of the year, I'm finishing my physician training, I'm getting more exposure to clinics. Um, and I do enjoy clinics uh, a lot more, I feel. Um, but even in the ward rounds, you do get patients that... Um, uh, that come in with rare conditions or um, things that you need to really investigate to find out the cause for their symptoms that I find that rewarding too. Yeah. Please make sure to complete the survey for this episode. We want to make sure the episodes are as useful as possible and the surveys help us to monitor whether they're making an impact on our fellow peers. It only takes 30 seconds and it helps more than you can imagine. The link can be found on our Facebook and our blog. Pimi, how would you say your work-life balance is at the moment? Mm. Well, um, during the exam time, I, I didn't have a life. Um, it was just just study and you just had to really sacrifice your time and you just don't have a social life. But that's only for about a year and a half. Well, Uh, Yes, a year and a half, Um, especially when you're studying for the clinicals, you have six months where you spend your afternoons in hospital, weekends in hospital, because you really have to see patients to do short cases and long cases, and that's the only way you will learn. For the written exam, you have a year where you um, have college lectures that they publish every week. So you, your study is spread throughout the year and you don't necessarily have to be in the hospital. Um, you, you can study at your own time. So I didn't find that year very difficult. I found that year manageable. I still managed to have my social life, still study, but it was actually after the written exam during that six months when I prepared for my clinicals, I, there were times when I, 
really wanted to go home but i had i won't i need i knew i had to stay back to either attend a short case tutorial do a long case to present the next day um and presenting long cases and short cases you're doing it in front of an audience when you're doing practice or with in front of your colleagues and your consultants and some and it can be a very daunting process and you have to do it over and over again um and it is a skill that you master over that 6 months i would say that that 6 months is extremely challenging and you really need to have a very understanding family or um you need to tell your friends and uh, your family members that these 6 months you have to commit completely and that includes your weekends and everything else but then once you're done you have the whole life to think about it you don't have any more exams to sit and you just have to apply for a specialty that you like and that's a very very liberating relieving feeling mm-hmm. yeah outside of exam periods yes. do you find it's difficult to find time for family and friends no so i no no i i really think this is a really good um um training program if you want to balance your work life i always manage to go home on time occasionally i stay back um but i have my weekends um um it depends on your rotation in eastern health um every third weekend you might have to work every third or fourth weekend um but if you're doing the perioperative medical registrar job you will be doing every second weekend but um depends on the hospital different hospitals have different general medicine rotations and different rostering programs um but the the job that i'm doing now is the perioperative medreg which includes optimizing perioperative patients and uh, doing surgical consults um and that roster works with uh, working 8 days in a row and then you get 6 days off so i think i have a great work life balance <laughs> Okay, so yeah. uh, would you say that your hours are quite predictable then? Yes. Yes. Always. Do you yeah. get a lot of on call? No. So, um very minimal. We are never on call after work. <laughs> so, it's not like um specialty med registrar, specialty registrars. Um we uh, the the general medicine registrars actually are not on call after hours, but there's always a general medicine registrar on site. so you don't need to be on call unless some um, on a certain weekend that if someone doesn't come to work then you might be called in but you don't get phone calls at night if you're not at work so yeah now you knew quite early on that you wanted to do general medicine a lot of people don't know what they want to do until it's quite late yeah do you think that's disadvantageous no i don't think so because in internship you get your core rotations you get your general medicine general surgery emergency rotation and then you should get an elective rotation um and that medicine surgery emergency would give you some idea at least it will tell you what you don't want to do um and most people who don't know what they want to do do a general year the next year where they can ask for medical specialties general practice rotations and psychiatry so it's perfectly okay to do a general year after your internship so that you can because you really want to do something that you can deal with every day in your life so you need to know you need to be 100% sure before you apply yeah 
think we get told that a lot that it's often not about finding the one thing that you do want to do but about crossing off the things that you know you don't want to do exactly right that's that's how i because i was bad at procedures i didn't enjoy going to theater so i crossed it off early enough i didn't enjoy psych um and surgery sorry surgery didn't interest me and emergency i didn't like because there was no continuity of care so it was all crossing off the list and i ended up with med yeah I think uh, students are often worried that if they don't know early on, they can't, for example, do tailored research or tailored rotations or whatnot. But I feel like the, I guess the general consensus that I'm getting is because you're spending your entire life or p- potentially 30 years doing something, it's not good to rush into something. No. And it's better to take the time to explore and then make that decision late. Yes. Whatever you do, make it resourceful. So even if you're doing a general year, try and do any research. It doesn't have to be... A research into that specialty that you want to get into like you whatever comes up like in my final year I a consultant came up to me and said do you want to do a hematology project and I said yes and I had no interest in hematology but I did that and another consultant uh, did a project on neurology and I, I happened to be the fifth year student in that rotation and they asked me and I said sure so I did different kind of projects and that really helped me on my CV. Um, so just you need to take any opportunity that comes and you will make the right decision at the right time. Two last questions. Yes. What kind of people do you think should do general medicine? Hmm, I Well, I think um, anyone who wants to um, be a part of person's health management uh, for a longer period of time so not someone who would want to see a patient at once and fix them or discharge them someone who can be a part of their life almost um, because you're almost like a GP but a specialist GP an acute GP (laughs) yes so if you really enjoy seeing patients and managing them and um being part of their life then i think those kinds of people should get in also people who like to um not be focused on one part of the body if you want to know more about everything um then i think general medicine is for you because you you can't ignore diabetes you can't ignore um cardiology you can't ignore neurology you need to know everything about everything uh, you, you you of course you will have your strengths um, but then you feel like you're being tested every day you, you mm. need to learn every day you need to be updated and you become so knowledgeable that one day you you may diagnose something really rare or something that has been missed for so many years and you can really change someone's life that must be really satisfying it is <laughs> <laughs> yes Last question. Yes. What advice would you have wanted to know yourself as an intern? Okay. Um, all right. So this is a good question because I did a number of mistakes in my internship. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you the tips that I thought I wished someone would have told me earlier. So number one, especially in your first rotation, if you're starting with the surgical rotation, you will not have your registrar all the time in the ward. They will go to theater. So you are essentially managing all your patients. Um, So 
I would say, and you would be speaking to the medical registrar many times to get advice on the medical aspects of that patient. For example, you'll be looking after their blood tests, managing their electrolytes if they have atrial fibrillation or any other chronic conditions that needs dose adjustments. Little questions, even if you think that's a silly question, always ask. It's your first rotation and it's known that many interns can make mistakes and, and that's normal. So you need to really communicate with your registrar. So I would advise to have always um, after the morning ward round, always touch base with the registrar mm -hmm. in the afternoon and go through the patients and um, have a list and go through them. Um, and that's extremely important um, because I, um, I had a bad experience where we missed a patient becoming septic because I, I didn't get to tell the registrar that the patient became tachycardic during the day when she, uh, when the registrar was in theater and being in, in week three of my internship, I didn't pick on the fact that the heart rate coming up um, becoming tachycardic was an early sign of sepsis. So if I had communicated that to my registrar early, we could have um, started antibiotics early, prevent uh, the patient uh, getting worse. So that's number one. Number two, if um, you will learn your cannulas and catheters um, when during internship as well. So if you haven't done many procedures, don't worry. You will uh, you will get there. It, it's okay, and there's colleagues that will help you. Um, so that's fine. And uh, number three, be organized and always chase the blood test results and prioritize. So this is the key. You will always get pushed by the nurses to do discharge summaries and scripts because that's the priority for the nurses uh, or the nurse in charge because they will they want to make sure the patient flow is managed and we get discharges so that we can get the emergency department patients into the wards. And that's, that's fine and we need to make sure that there's a good flow. But what will happen is that um, after the ward round, you will have a number of jobs to do. And if you prioritize discharge summaries and scripts over referrals and investigations, then your patient care is compromised. So order your investigations early, that's number one, and check the results so you can't just order and not follow up the result. Number two, referrals, make them early. Um, so those should be prioritized over discharge summary and scripts. If you can try and prep the discharges the uh, day before, which is not always easy to do. Um, and if something's not working out between you and your registrar, first thing is to sit down and talk to them. Um, if you're not coping, you need to have a chat to them first uh, because it's not a good idea to um, uh, put up with so much and you will burn out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. That's great. So that's it. all I had to ask you. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, well, this no, I think this was a, a really great thing you're doing, Pedram, and I hope I would I helped someone with my interview. Um, and thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you. If no one else, you've th you've helped me. Thank you so <laughs> thank much. Thank you. Yuri. Thanks. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If there's any doctors you'd like us to interview, or if there's any questions you'd like asked, please shoot us a message. We listen and respond to every single message that comes through. All right, guys. See you next week.